Ladies and gentlemen, he's the samurai of student ministry, the networking ninja, a Jedi master of church budgets, the beast from the southeast, the next-gen nerd himself, CJ! What's up, my nerds? Welcome back to the podcast where we talk nerdy and we talk ministry. Uh, it is the last week of our Music in the Movies uh, series with Lance Hardy, and so we're going to jump into that in just a minute. Before we do, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Support us on patreon.com slash nextgennerd. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash nextgennerd. Glad you guys are joining us for the show. Lance, it has been a fun ride. Enjoyed it up until this point. Who's our composer? What's the theme? What are the movies? I mean, I know who the composer is, so we shouldn't have to say who the movies are, but for anyone... Who lives under a rock? What are the movies? Uh, and uh, let's jump in. All right, CJ. It's uh, John Williams, and uh, I don't know. I, I hate to be like the guy there, but I can predict how this is going to go. But it's it's John Williams. <laughs> it's John Williams. Goodness. Yes, yes. I mean, the, the amount that we've talked about Star Star Wars over the last four episodes. If they didn't see it <laughs> coming, it, yeah. if they didn't see it coming, I mean, it's it. Yeah, we're that's where we're at. Right, and uh, and it's not even really just Star Wars, of course. Um, so just I'm just gonna run off run off a few of these just in case anybody didn't know Star Wars Close Encounters E T Jurassic Park uh, I have Minority Report because even though it's probably a less known theme it's an amazing stun uh, sci fi movie Yep and also he, Philip K Dick we mentioned him yes. uh, in one of the other uh, other episodes Yes uh, Jaws Superman Indiana Jones um, Home Alone Hook Schindler's List Saving Private Ryan and Harry Potter uh, Empire of the Sun and Born on the Fourth of July were also good ones. Those are ones where, again, less known perhaps theme, but really well done score. And again, we talked uh, a long time ago uh, about directors and producers that get paired up, and there's uh, there's a common thread uh, yes. through, through a lot of those. Yes. Uh, and uh, with Steven Spielberg, of course. Spielberg. Uh, and and again, when you find somebody you work well with, you go, let's do more of those things. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was, and it's funny because the number of uh, Spielberg properties that were in Ready Player One, right. uh, they had to avoid a bunch of them when he made the movie because he was being a stick in the mud. Uh, but uh, anyways, so yeah, so so uh, I think I've heard of one or two of those movies before. I was <laughs> I was looking at our, our sound deck before I had done a episode with uh, on Back to the Future with Charlie Forever Go, and I did one on dinosaurs with Zeke. I had the Jurassic Park theme on there, and I knew we were coming here, and I couldn't find it. Uh, I'd have to figure out in the settings how to change the page uh, on here but uh but yes iconic music yes. uh wonderful music uh and again uh not a single one would you have to spend more than 13 seconds to figure out okay that's it's this movie like yeah. they 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 yes. are they are instantaneously recognized yes yes and yes. and so for that level of recognition um with the the amount of work he has is, is impressive is impressive it is and, and speaking of the the amount of work just kind of a quick little idea and the Oscars are, are just one I mean I don't want to say that they're end all be all but it's a pretty good indicator I'm going to read this to you real quickly here uh, we talked about Alan Silvestri he had he's had one Oscar nomination but didn't didn't win Hans Zimmer's had eleven nominations he won one uh, Horner had eight nominations he won one Jerry Goldsmith had seventeen over the course of his long career and he won one. John Williams has had 47, <laughs> 47 Oscar nominations, and he won four. And, uh, again, this is not, not to say that that makes him better or whatever. It's just to say that the level of recognition by his peers right, right. is the point where every year he comes out with something right. that is worthy of recognition along those lines. And there is something to be said for, like, uh, you know, 
continuing streak, kind of like some some sporting awards, where like if you win this every year, yes. you're automatically in contention the next year. Yeah, you you, but, you show me some uh, an athlete that has 47 years in a row right. being brought to. <laughs> yeah, that's it's well, and I guess there may be some overlap. Yeah, there may so be some, there may be a couple in there, but even even still, it would be impressive if an athlete was up for two prestigious awards in the same year as right. well. So uh, it's it's pretty amazing. The uh, there's a there's a great story about. Um, by the way, we, we talked about. Um, uh, a little bit of the classical influence and some of this with the plagiarism thing, which is actually an interesting thing for John Williams because some, some people do give him a little flack for that because some of his stuff sounds similar to other parts of his stuff. But like you said, with the fact that it's instantly recognizable, you know, if I play you um, Superman versus Indiana Jones versus uh, something else, you might say, well, they're very similar. Well, yeah, they are very similar, but I could tell you within like three seconds yes. which yes. one is Indiana Jones, which yes. tells me that they aren't that much alike. Right. Um, so there is that. But when it comes to what is very likely the most recognizable score of all time, which is Star Wars, mm-hmm. um, the the fact that the story is that uh, George Lucas was interested in doing something like uh, Stanley Kubrick had done with 2001 Space Odyssey right. and wanted to get classical music. So he might have done something like The Planets, um, and uh, which would have been interesting. Um, I think that Star Wars would have died. Right, I, right. I really do. Right. I mean, we, we, all, we all, all Star Wars fans know that we love the movie. It was really cool. I still think Empire Strikes Back is one of the best movies of all time. Agreed. The first movie all on its own um, without the score, I think, would have died. Yes. I really do. Yep. And, um, you know, you have people who were in it, the, the veteran actors that were in it, you know, like Al Guinness, for instance, mm-hmm. that were like, okay, I was like, paycheck. Right, right. Um, but just the 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 effects which were groundbreaking combined with the score which was just like out of this world um, was uh, um, really I think what sold it and um, anyway the fact that Steven Spielberg who had worked with um, or John Williams on Jaws and some other things I think to your point uh, there was a time although I haven't checked this recently I think the Color Purple was like the only full length movie. He didn't use John he did Williams for. Not work. use John Williams for. And look what happened. Look, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was. I mean, he, the, their their relationship, regardless of what it is now, their relationship right. has been just constant. And when you when if you, if John Williams is your guy, then <laughs> well, why would you go anywhere right. else? Right. Uh, so anyway, my our discussion point is about is about measure of success and legacy. And uh, so that kind of ties in with what I was talking about with the Oscars. Is uh, that's that's one way you got awards. You know, Golden Globes or, or uh, Oscars or whatever it happens to be. Um, you can also say that, with, that it's um, just memorable, right? So, um, again, we, we t- we've been talking in pretty much every episode, uh, at least a little bit about theme parks, like whether it's Universal or Disney or whatever. And uh, I, John Williams, I, th- I think, I, I could be wrong about this, but um, maybe the only composer that has ones in both, Universal and Disney. Mm. Um, but the, the property is just, you, when you walk from area to area, you know, if you talk about, like, for instance, um, Jurassic Park butting up to um, the Harry Potter world at right. the Islands of Adventure. Right. They're both John Williams. Right. Right? Yep. I mean, and it's totally different. I mean, it yep. feels different. It sounds different. And, and not far know. from there is, uh, you've got, well, the Jaws ride is gone now, but Jaws right. was the there. Jaws? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, which is in that is in that same, again, yeah, in that in that same same strip. Yeah. So, um, and it, it's, it's just. Uh, and E.T. E.T. is also there. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's like, all right, there we go. Yeah. Uh, but then yes. you also have Indiana Jones, a spectacular yep. at Hollywood Studios. Yep. So you have, yep. And there may be other composers I just haven't thought of that are in both, but it's just it's just everywhere because they want that. 
And the, the and these people who are like pay lots of money to design the feel and the atmosphere of these parks know right. that this is what they need, right? Yes, I, I looked it up. There are uh, only two movies that uh, he has not done. Okay, the other one was Bridge of Spies. Oh, okay. uh, they didn't go into the reason why he didn't do the color purple, but the reason he didn't do Bridge of Spies is he had pacemaker surgery right in the middle of that. Oh. Uh, excuses, excuses. Yeah, uh, but those are the only two Spielberg movies uh, that he has not done, uh, been the composer for since he started. He had ones before that, yes. but since he started, there's only been two. Yes, right. So some of the early ones, I remember the, the Duel or whatever it was. That Spielberg's like early, early, early. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so you know, when it comes to this, the legacy and uh, like, how do you measure how successful somebody is? I mean, surely a large portion of it is like um, you, all you have to do is hear just a few seconds and you just right, <laughs> you're so excited, right? right? Yes. Just, just just hearing it. Um, I'd say that's definitely leans more toward what we've been talking about being the thematic material as opposed to the mood material. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that or even the, I mean the spoofs. I mean you yeah. take you take the Superman theme. Super iconic Superman yes. theme, and the number of times that that riff has been made fun of. I, I think like um, uh, Spaceballs. I think Spaceballs theme sounds more like the Superman theme than it does the Star Wars theme. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I just because I kept hearing the, and and the, the weird laser sounds that are in the Spaceballs theme. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean his level of work and the number of times people have taken it and we're gonna make fun of it because it's it's so iconic. You gotta have some kind of comfort in there. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, pretty much by any measure of success, yes. John Williams, if, if he's not the, the number one, he's definitely way up there. I, th- I think that ultimately there is something about his music that, that just speaks to all of us. And I, part of this, I'm, I'm grant you, part of this could be like when you see something like we talked, we've talked in the past about does a movie or a show catch you at the right time. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> so for, for someone of my generation, this is like, everything is nostalgic, the, everything he's done. Right. It's nostalgic. But it, it keeps transcending. So you have people like you know, like me who grew up with like E.T. and Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark and, and stuff that that's all going to be nostalgic. But he's also got Harry Potter. Right. Who, well, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I'm not, like, you know, like that's not my generation. Right. Right. That's like one or two after mine. So and he's still doing it. Right. He's still creating those. And they still speak um, to uh, the, the feelings and just like making us feel like we're kids again, making us feel like we're in the movie and just uh, making it truly an interactive experience mm-hmm. in a way that like, I don't really know if any other composer can do that as consistently as uh, John Williams has. Mm. Also seeing a crossover with the Lego games. Uh, how many of those are John Williams properties? That's you got true. Star Wars Lego, you got Jurassic Park Lego, mm-hmm. you've got uh, Jones, Indiana Jones, Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. So that's what it is. They're like, all right, yeah. We have to get someone who's on board with letting us use their music. Because um, I was thinking of the Jurassic Park theme, and the first thing that came to mind was the Jurassic Park Lego game, was what came to mind, not the actual movie. But uh, yeah. The funny thing about the, the Harry Potter is I'm, I'm pretty sure he may have done the first two, but I'm, definitely no more beyond that. Mm. The main one was that he did was the first one with the Christopher Columbus when he was the director. Right. And um, <clears throat> it, I find it fascinating because that that's the one you want, right? I mean, you got like, you got the wonder and the awe yes. That, yes. that John Williams does so well um, that to hire him for this was perfect. But the later movies, and while, you know, it gets darker and it gets more mm-hmm. mature and there's more th- complex themes, um, I, I would challenge anybody to have, like, one particular piece of music that jumps out more than just Hedwig's theme. Right. Right? 
that they have to keep paying homage to yes. all the way through the rest of the yes. series. You bring him in for number five or number six, he doesn't right. get to spread his wings and fly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, and so so you're right. You're right that that that's that is you want to be. You want to be in the, in the capstone. Like yes. I, that this this is where I want to be. May, that may be a terrible analogy. Now I'm thinking about it. The capstone is the last one you put in. So uh, maybe that was. Anyways, you know what I mean. I do. I'm tired. It's okay. <laughs> All right, you ready to get going? Yep, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, let's let's do this. So I, I, I told TJ I was going to try to keep this to like at least under four hours. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, peek behind the curtain. We've recorded the entire series in one sitting, and so. Uh, <laughs> So if you go, man, their energy really dwindled towards the end of the series. It's not because we're tired of doing them; we're just tired. That's uh, that's that's what it is. That's what it is. So for that for that reason, uh, that's one of the great reasons to save John Williams for last because I'll always get excited talking about John Williams. <laughs> that works. That works. All right. So okay, so, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play favorites since I'm the one coming up with these clips here. Yes. So I got three lo- three quick clips here for Star Wars. I'm gonna start with this because I'm gonna get this out of the way. Otherwise, we'll last forever. Um, and they're all from Empire Strikes Back. Um, so the reason that this is, a, again, if you're only a, a, a passing fan of Star Wars, you may not realize that the Imperial March did not show up until Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Empire, Imperial March did not show up in the original um, New Hope, uh, Episode 4. So um, it was, again, one of, one of the main reasons that um, he, he is uh, so successful is the, the themes everybody recognizes, um, but also um, his... Ability to blend from one theme to another. Right. So when the, you would have two characters that were intertwined in that. Yes. That, that, that was when he would pull those in. That right. Luke's theme and Leia's theme that he yes. would he would blend together, especially you know in that moment of Return of the Jedi when they're yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly. beautifully done. Well done. So uh, just a quick example of that we have here the last moment of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Um, so this is the part where um, Luke's hand's being fixed and he's uh, he goes to join Leia, looking off at mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon flying away to. To set up the beginning of Return of the Jedi, where they're right. trying to rescue Han. Right. So you have moments of like Luke finding him himself, and he's still uh, not sure in the wake of his discovery of who his father is. But more than that, you have Leia um, and Han had just finally expressed their love for each other, or at least half <laughs> half expressed their love for each other. Right. The other one knew. Uh, but the, seriously, though, you have the Han, Han and Leia's love theme. Right. And then going into the. Uh, the finale with the um, the credits that just hallmark part of the Star Wars movies. So here's that first clip. Beautiful there. You can see how he uh, really combined several themes and then blended them straight into that crescendo mm-hmm. and then the uh, the um, Star Wars theme. So um, that, that's the first one. These next two are actually both from the same scene or same sex group of scenes, which is um, the escape of the Millennium Falcon from Hoth, um, which has I, I I just I have played this section just driving because it's just so amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, it makes you want to like, drive fast. One of those things. So it begins with the, um, uh, the Star Destroyer chasing after the Millennium Falcon. And so you have the Imperial March, which is not the first time you hear it in the movie, but it's in context. Star Destroyer chasing, you got to have the Imperial March, right? Right, right. And then it, it's, it goes into this little part where it's essentially just background music. 
And I got to tell you, when we talk about mood music or whatever, background music, not necessarily thematic, nobody does it like John Williams. And th this, this is, it's got, it's high energy because, I mean, the Millennium Falcon is trying to escape. You got TIE fighters, you got asteroids, you got all kinds of stuff. And it's just, um, like I said, it's just background music after the Imperial March. So take a listen. So you have, um, after that um, scene, you have a, a moment where um, they're, the main obstacle is now the asteroids. Some of the TIE fighters are chasing them, but the TIE fighters are getting chasing out, taken out excuse me, right, right. by the asteroids. Right. They're less concerned about them than about not running into something. And so you have this um, sweeping um, theme, which is not really related to any necessarily any other theme. It's kind of reminiscent of Han and Leia's theme. And it's kind of reminiscent about uh, um, some of the other uh, um, stuff they've done on other planets and other, and other parts of the movie. But ultimately, it's just it's very unique, and it's, it captures the mood. It's the, we're going to die. We're going to run into something. Right. Right. Why in the world did you do this? I right. told you the odds. That's the 3PO. Right. And we went ahead and did it anyway. And, and it's just, you think about tumbling rocks in space, so you have these, like, rises and falls of the, of the music. And it's gorgeous. It's uh, perfect for the moment. So, you know, from there, obviously, you keep going with that. Um, CJ and I, off mic, we're talking about um, the Duel of Fates mm -hmm. um, from Phantom Menace when they first run to Darth Maul. Gorgeous piece of music. It went like, uh, And it was so different than anything that came from before it in the original trilogy. And uh, despite what people talk about with the Phantom Menace, when people originally saw it, especially those of my generation, those of us that um, in our childhood we grew up on the original trilogy and probably diehard original trilogy right. forever. Right. Um, there was really great response. We all knew that there was some really horrible <laughs> uh, script writing and dialogue and whatnot, but there was some really cool stuff that everybody loved. Right. And I think that that probably was the moment that everybody was looking forward to. Yes. Uh, also, the uh, pod racer sound, the whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was excellent. Uh, now, here, here's the question. Is it so different? Because I don't remember there being a like a choral voices no, in, in anything else. And right. that was that was a an instrument that he had not used, the right. human instrument. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that there was that piece that was added in there, and I can't think of any other strong Star Wars themes that did something like that since. No, you're right. Uh, I mean, I, I'm trying to think. You know, I haven't I haven't watched it enough times. Uh, you know the. Uh, Rise of Skywalker, the you know, maybe on Exegol, I can see him maybe using it there, like the the counter to right. uh, Duel of the Fates, uh, but uh, but I don't know that it was he used voices. Um, I can't I can't think of another John Williams song that he used voices like that, like thematic song. I, I think, and I don't I don't know this for sure. I haven't heard it in necessarily a response to this, but I think that 
it fit so well because they're supposed to talk about like the height of the Republic. Um, this is like the old days. Right, right. right? And uh, so that's, that's one of the things that we um, Americans, we humans or whatever, kind of associate with the old days, which is choral numbers. Right, right. right. If you have that, the old Disney movies that always had the choir singing like the Disney theme, whatever right. it was for that movie. Yep. And, uh, you know, the, those, those, even, even in the church setting, you know, whether or not we agree with this, a lot of people associate a choral arrangement or choir with the old way of doing things. Right. And again, there's a whole debate to be had right there. <laughs> but I think that's, that yeah. is definitely the argument that is made regularly. So um, in context of the movie, if you want to create something that's supposed to sound like, oh, this is the early part of the story, right. then you... You throw that in, and it yes. works beautifully because John Williams is amazing. So. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and uh, to another little fun fact, uh, the guy who played Darth Maul was in three of the highest-paid movies uh, of that time, and you couldn't see his face in any of them. Uh, so it was uh, there was that X Men, X Men, and then uh, he was. It wasn't really high. It was, but he was in um, X versus Sever, Ballistic X oh, versus Sever. Yes. He was in that too. But you're like, I don't know who that guy is. Uh, Ray Park is Ray his Park, name. Yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, fun stuff. He's a dude. Uh, okay, so um, like I said, I could talk about Star Wars forever. Yes, same, same, same. That's a good, it's a good little smattering there. Uh, I'm going to take a quick listen to a couple of clips from uh, Jurassic Park. Um, the the first one, there's actually two different themes. This is one of those ones that uh, you, you, they're so well ingrained in us, and yet sometimes we don't realize it. And I'll, you'll see the same thing with Superman. Is there's actually two themes. I don't mean like like you would see with Star Wars, you have Luke's theme and Leia's theme. I mean like you actually have two main. Hmm. Movements. I got you of the Jurassic Park theme. So, and it's good because the first one that we're going to listen to here is about like <clears throat> when you first go into the park and you're thinking, uh, okay, it's you don't know what it is, right? Right. right. Because uh, you might recall when the, when the uh, Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill and Laura Dern they all first go in, they're they're not sure what they're getting into. Right. Right. And so it's that building like, oh, that was kind of nice. It's pretty cool. And then the more you realize what you're, it's kind of this rising sense of awe. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what you get in this uh, little section of music right here. So this uh, second part is one that's even more well-known. It's uh, the more adventurous part because, let's face it, the movie has several parts of grand adventure. Yes, yes. Of course, um, escapes and whatnot. So you, you have to have that, uh, the brass and the, the bigger sound and not so much the, the moving, like, oh, my goodness, what have you managed to uh, create scientifically? Right. More like, oh, my gosh, we just survived a dinosaur. Right, right, right. And so you have really two different emotions. So you should have two different movements to the theme. Um, as you mentioned, one of the other parts of uh, of Universal, and ones that people sometimes forget about if they weren't if they didn't grow up in the eighties, was the ET. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it uh, the, again, all in wonder is the best thing I can yes. I can say to describe 
um, what you're what you're hearing with this and the idea uh, and it was so silly if you just look at it based on its uh, like purely okay they're going to jump over this car and they're going to end up flying with their bicycles you know you're reading this you're like okay that, that doesn't really fit right right I mean he had like some healing and whatever but I mean it just really really was out of nowhere. It's but, like uh, Leia being sucked out of a ship and uh, keeping herself. <laughs> yeah. From, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, but it, but it's it sells because first of all, Spielberg shot it beautifully, right? Um, but also because of the score, and it's just you know, it, well, it became course. it became the picture of Amblin Entertainment. Exactly. You know, that was it was an iconic shot, and yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, like again, you have um, was last week we were talking about like the the impact on a movie and, and there really has never been a duo like Williams and Spielberg right. who are just like impeccable at their craft right that combine and make something that is iconic over and over and over and over yes. Okay, I'm willing to admit that part of this is just it caught me at the right time. I really am. <laughs> right. Okay, so it's very possible modern kids will look back on that and be like, okay, grandpa. No, uh, not if we do. Not if we raise our children right and show them the movie at the right time to where they fall in love with it. Yes. There you go. I, we were talking about that with uh, Flash Gordon. Yes. Like we wanted to do that and realized we couldn't. Yes. Oh, uh, my goodness. Whoops. Yes. Uh, Daddy, why do we turn the movie off? Uh, I'm glad you didn't get any of the things that they said there. We'll watch that after you're married. That's when we'll watch that one. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, talk about soundtracks. Come on, man. Come on. Nope, we don't want to. <laughs> uh, so the last of the, of the sci-fi ones we're going to look at for uh, for Williams is going to be uh, Minority Report, which we talked about earlier. Yep. Less known theme, um, but uh, as you'll hear, it's another one of those ones that's really good, very similar to the, um, the Millennium Falcon chase where you have this just beautifully adventurous uh, moment where you know, he's trying to escape. He's been... Um, uh, his own people are trying to catch him, and uh, it's it's great. It's it, it presents exactly what you need at that moment. Um, but it also, um, if you didn't have that, it would be, you know, it'd be good. It's still Spielberg, right? right. Still great right. effects, but it just it just really brings you into the moment. It makes you feel like you're right there with Tom Cruise's character. All right, so um, obviously he's done quite a few things that are that are not sci-fi, and uh, since we talked about it just a minute ago, we'll, we'll start with Harry Potter. Um, again, the actual the opening theme, of course, called Hedwig's theme, which I guess is from the like, kind of the floaty flying kind of sound right, right. that's associated with it. Um, but uh, we're 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 talking about that discovery, right? That idea of like there's there's so much of especially that first Harry Potter movie that was not really about. I mean, you know, they had the central antagonist and the right. first idea of Voldemort and, and uh, what's going on with the, um, the Sorcerer's Stone or Philosopher's Stone, depending on which version you read. And uh, you have all the all that the plot, but really it was about 
discovery. Right. Right. Look at all these cool things. I had no idea I was part of this. And look at and this just amazing. And so for that part, um, you have this that theme that starts off with um, I'm I'm apologize for music fans. It's like a like a xylophone with the, the high high notes. Mm. Yeah. Like a, right the the tapping. Mm-hmm. And uh, it might not be a xylophone, but it's something got to be an instrument kind of like right, that. right, right. And um, and then you have it repeated with different instruments. And this is something that all the greats use, but I think John Williams really just nails it. Like knowing that in this moment, it's a um, I want something warmer, so maybe we're going to use some woodwinds, maybe some oboes here, mm-hmm. right? Or at this time, I need something more powerful, so we're going to use brass. And, and but, but just playing off of that same theme over and over. So here's the first part of that theme for Hedwig's theme. And the second, of course, also has that kind of wonder. And I guess that, you know, when you, uh, a good example of uh, music um, with, with the wonder and uh, the adventurous or um, the adventure nature of this would be like when he first walks into uh, the Great Hall um, of uh, Hogwarts mm-hmm. and just, you know, sees all these people. You know, when he first walks into uh, Diagon Alley, right? Right. And it's not just like him and Hagrid or him by himself. It's just... Wow, it's a whole world. Right. It's a whole world. And it's really encapsulated by this clip. All right, so um, the other two I wanted to mention here are um, are not really so uh, much like the the large brass and that kind of theme, but uh, were really really important to his uh, uh, um, his catalog. And both of these won Oscars. Um, the first one we're going to do is Jaws, and uh, I'm going to include this part. And the, the thing about this is that like when most people think of Jaws, they think they think this. They go. Dun, 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 right? Right, yep, yep, But yep. The, the best part about this theme is the pauses. Mm. And you'll hear that in the clip we're going to do, where it's not just dun, 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 right? I mean, that's, yeah, okay, something's coming. Right, right. Yep. But with the pauses, and they're of slightly different length, you have that unknown. And we talked about this in a previous episode right. as well, but yep. it's, it's, it's so beautifully done. Because you have that ocean, you can't see. You, know, you don't necessarily have the dorsal fin all the time. Mm-hmm. You just don't know what's out there. And how about now? Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and that's what you get right. when, with this particular part of the theme. So there's a there's a Burroughs family legend uh, my dad tells about he and his dad going and seeing Jaws and then going scuba diving the next day. No, or like shortly around there. <laughs> and uh, my grandfather, my dad's dad, is a is a big kidder, and he would like 
he would do the the Jaws theme under the water, dun dun, and like he, that sound would carry, and he would like grab his leg, and he's so there, there's there's that that story that my dad used to tell about his dad doing the Jaws theme and him just being like, this is not funny, this is not good, which. Uh, my dad uh, grew up spending summers in the Keys, like hunting sharks off the front of a John boat. So, uh, so plenty of sharks. Seen plenty of sharks, and uh, so yes. I, I, every time I see that movie, I think of that story my dad telling me about oh, Kermit Tibby uh, making that Jaws theme and grabbing his leg when he would swim by. <laughs> oh my gosh! My my dad told a similar one with my mom about um, watching Alien. Mm. He had actually seen it, so he knew you. about the uh, the chest bursting yes. scene. Yes, my mom didn't. So he grabbed your leg. Oh, that's so good. So <laughs> good. He said he has these like scars on his arm. <laughs> probably were not from my mom, but uh, he swears that they were. Listen, I, I did the same thing with uh with Toby Maguire's Spider Man. Like I know when it would it would bite. And my sister, uh, we were watching it and she was like half sleeping on me on the couch. And so right when it did, I got her hand and it scared her. And so Fast forward, I'm watching with Charlie. I'm going, I'm going to do this again. It's going to be so good. And it was. It was wonderful. You know it's coming. And you, you get them and oh, it's, it's so much fun. It keeps on giving. That's right. That's right. I'll wait for my grandkids. I'll do the same thing to them. Come here. Come <laughs> over here. <laughs> all right. So I believe we got all of them except the last one I wanted to include on here is um, Schindler's List. Okay. And uh, Schindler's List is a great example of a movie that uh, I will never watch more than once. Mm. I watched it one time. And um, it, you can appreciate something that is... A beautiful piece of art, um, and tells a, a very important story, right? Um, but not really want to watch it again. I mm. think anyone who's seen it knows exactly why. Um, and it's, it's fine. I mean, it's it's like uh, you know. Actually, I, I had an opportunity. I don't know how long ago it was. Uh, a while back, I was young. Um, where we went to Germany, we actually I actually went, went to uh, Dachau mm. um, prison camp, and um, seeing that. You know, firsthand, even obviously, you know, decades after right. um, the atrocities, um, but you know, those kind of things making it real. Mm. And so, the, the, some of these movies that um, Spielberg has done, as well as other directors, but specifically Spielberg with uh, um, Schindler's List and Amistad, Amistad and Saving Private Ryan, yep, even, yep, yep, where uh, the, the true art of the thing is to bring you into it and make mm. it seem more real. Because you know it's more than just reading something about something in a history book, but sometimes you got to see these things, right? Right. Um, the way they really were, because I mean, you know, that's you can read about uh, a horrible uh, human atrocity, the way um, slaves were treated, the way that the Jews were treated, where uh, any number of people were treated. Um, but if you just read about it and you don't see some representation, then it never quite has that emotional hold mm. on you. Mm. So, in the case of Schindler's List, um, again, it's. It, it, it just it captures it perfectly. It's it's um, sweet and sad um, simultaneously, which is exactly what the story is. Mm. You know, it's and, uh, and this is one that um, you know Liam Neeson um, just really nailed that um, with his acting in it and the idea of like I I have to do something right. He does a great thing that saves a lot of people from atrocities, but the atrocities still happen mm. to other people. And then that feeling that everybody would have had. This seems ridiculous to those who knew him, I'm sure. But the idea of, like, I could have done so much more. Mm. And that regret um, that comes just because we're humans. And uh, if when we live through horrible times, um, no matter what the outcome is and no what we did, you just you can't help but be scarred by what happened. Mm. And uh, so you have that sad violin 
um, and uh, you know the background, but also a little bit sweet because it is a really touching story. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what comes from this clip right here. So yeah, I mean, John John Williams is a kind of an easy go to guy for if you had to pick a um, pick the greatest. But I mean, his peers have uh, always like just lavish praise on him. Um, it's someone that uh, I, I think is pretty clear that Steven Spielberg is probably the greatest director, certainly of our time. Right. Um, and he keeps going to him yes. constantly, which tells you like <laughs> yeah. all you need to know right there. And the fact that uh, we are touched by these. Um, these themes and these uh, these moments of music, and for all these composers, and even the ones we didn't mention that maybe they they uh, not some of sci-fi oriented, right? Didn't bring them up, but uh, yeah, they just bring up moments of our our childhood that w- when we see the movies, whether we're child, and sometimes it could just take us back to our childhood, mm. you know, where we uh, again, Danny Elfman again is another good example where you know. It just fits. I think of Edward Scissorhands, the, the theme in Edward Scissorhands, and just it's not even like a sad moment where the 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 uh, the snowflakes are falling right. because he's, yep. he's shaving the ice and yep. and Winona Ryder's character is dancing underneath. It's a beautiful moment, right? But I mean, it's it's so beautiful that it almost makes you want to cry because it has drawn you in. Right. The yep. story has drawn you in. The music has drawn you in, and all these moments, whether they're in sci-fi movies or not. They just, they are essential parts of the art. Mm. And I just, I always love that. Mm. I love it. Well, Lance, I appreciate you bringing uh, this level of expertise and, uh, and discussion and the series in general. Thank you for sharing all this with us. Hope you guys have enjoyed every bit of it. If you haven't checked out the whole series, it's all up here. So go ahead and, and drop back and, and enjoy those. Uh, and yeah, thank you, Lance, for, for being on. Well, thanks for humoring me. <laughs> no, it was, it's, been, it's been good. It's, it, it's one of those things, it's like if, uh, Especially after our Stargate episode and, and the the level of depth that we hit real quick there was good. So I know this would be good, and it was. So I appreciate that. Well, as we close, as always, don't forget to leave us a review and a rating. It would be fantastic. Much appreciated. Uh, check us out on Facebook.com slash NextGenNerd. Support us at Patreon.com slash NextGenNerd. And we look forward to seeing you guys on the next episode. See you guys.